Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, and welcome to American Muslim Project. I'm Asad Butt. American Muslim Project is a podcast where we share the contributions Muslims are making to American life. In each episode, we elevate unique Muslim voices that are shaping this American experience. My guest today is Shahjahan Khan. Shahjahan is a Boston-based voice artist, actor, and behavioral health consultant. He's also the co-founder of The Kaminas, an internationally acclaimed South Asian-American punk band known for writing songs mixing political and social awareness with humor and satire. Shahjahan, like his bandmates, are all Americans of South Asian heritage, which also help to inform their songs. Since 2005, the band has released five albums and has gotten rave reviews from critics across the world. In 2011, though, Shah Jahan left the band to seek help with his problems with addiction and depression. While in recovery, Shah Jahan reconnected with the theater world, joining the Improbable Players, a theater troupe made up of recovering addicts who share their experiences in live performances to help prevent kids from becoming addicts themselves. Now nearly 10 years sober, he considers himself in long-term recovery. Shah Jahan has rejoined the Kaminas and continues to pursue acting opportunities including award-winning voiceover work. Shah Jahan, welcome to American Muslim Project. Thank you so much for having me, Asad. What, a, what an illustrious introduction. <laughs> you've, you've, done a, you've done quite a bit in your 36 years uh, on this planet. I've, I've been impressed just reading your background and reading about you. Yeah, it's been a pretty crazy ride. I don't, I, I don't know. Yeah, looking at, all, at it in a meta kind of perspective all at once sometimes is helpful because, you know, you're always like, thinking you should do more and this and that. And so those are just things we tell ourselves. My first questions I want to ask you, is there a particular experience that you've had that is you know, a uniquely American Muslim experience? A particular uniquely American Muslim experience. I wish this wasn't the first one that came to mind, but I'm going to say in 2016, being a protester at a Donald Trump rally in Lowell, Massachusetts. So I was part of a team of, I guess, like you could say like covert disruptors of this rally. So this was in early, so this was like January of um, 2016, right? When he really, his campaign really started to take off because, yeah, so he technically got elected November 2016 and then his, you know, uh, the the horror started in 2017. (laughs) But so this was around the time when I think that people still weren't really like this dude could actually be. A legit, you know what I mean? So, uh, and he was, he was basically uh, doing one of these ridiculous rallies at uh, my alma mater, UMass Lowell. So the year before I wrote about this in, in a, a different piece for this publication called Color Lines, but yeah, he was basically just holding one of these rallies and it was, you know, he, I think he'd started to announce stuff about like the, the initial beginnings of the Muslim ban and stuff. And so basically a bunch of, um, 
kind of socialist Marxist friends of mine. Some folks were actually students at Lowell and then some were former students or whatever, just gathered a, a big group of like protesters. We we're just going to go fuck the whole thing up. Uh, are you cool with the? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. yeah we, the, point was, the point was to just go cause a scene and just get kicked out. That was the whole point. And I remember just kind of getting there and it was packed to the brim. It was like thousands and thousands of people had driven from other states to come be at this thing. And it was like the same place that my college graduation was the year before where the speaker was Bill Nye, the science guy. You couldn't have two polar opposites. Um, so, so you were I, in the thick of things. Yeah. we. I was literally in one of the front, almost the front rows. I was maybe 30 feet away from him eventually. And the whole thing, we basically just, we had, it was very organized. There were different groups of us in sets of two or three or four all around the massive Songus arena. And just our plan was one by one, we would just be, we had messaging on our shirts and stuff and just were yelling slogans until we got kicked out. And the point was, the point was just to like, yeah, cause it was a ridiculous carnival atmosphere anyway. So the point was just to go make noise and get kicked out. So I feel like it doesn't get more American Muslim than that, unfortunately. There are a lot of beautiful experiences for sure that I've had, but unfortunately, I just feel like, I don't know, you know, I'm talking to you in the middle of like a pandemic. We don't know if this dude is actually going to leave in January. <laughs> so that's just like, I've had many incredible experiences, but that's unfortunately the one that, because uh, this is, this is, if I'm perfectly honest, this is the, this is the one that I was like, all right, I have to like, come up with something for this podcast. <laughs> like I don't usually prepare much, but I wanted to at least like have a legit answer for you for this question. Yeah. So unfortunately that was the one that just like, it just stuck out. And it, again, it was, it was four, almost five years ago now, but it was such a, such a crazy experience, you know? Yeah. Talk about the evolution of the Kaminas in the last 15 years. When you think back about where you guys started and then where you are now. Yeah, it's crazy, dude. When, it, it, 15 years is a really long time. It's basically uh, my whole uh, adult life, really, you know, almost, almost, yeah. I mean, tech, I think so 2004 or five is when, um, is when we would have started. So it's 21, probably when we started doing it. And yeah, I mean, you know, like any, a very typical kind of band type story started in a, you know, garage, parents' basement, just with an idea, in our case, with a MySpace page. And very quickly, we just sort of, uh, it, it. it's a very like American story in a way. It's also a very like story of the digital age, you know, starting on MySpace and, and live journal and stuff and then connecting with other sort of like-minded out, social outcasts in a way, you know, like I, I wasn't a particular, it's, a, I think like I never, uh, a very common experience is having the, uh, amongst, I think the first generation is having these kinds of fractured identities and stuff. And like, yeah, I never quite fit in with like my high school white friends. I never really fit in with like the, the community either entirely. Um, I never, you know, or the local are in my case, the Pakistani community or the Muslim community, like even, uh, I felt on the fringes of it for many different reasons. So, um, the band itself was, a has been over the last 15 years, I think an exercise in basically community building, you know, it's also, you know, we, we've never been on a major label or anything. Um, so it's been a very DIY kind of thing and it's hard, you know, it's sort of, in a bit of a lull at the moment, but it just, that's just kind of what happens. Yeah. If I think about, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here in this room, I'm staring at a, a poster from a festival that we played in 
Norway. There's one right there. Uh, there's another one from one that we did, you know, at this music festival over there. There's one. So, uh, and I'm looking at, you know, guitars and stuff in my room, you know, so being a kid, it, it was definitely like beyond my, my wildest dreams for sure. What was it like that first time that someone in the crowd really connected with one of your songs or, or lyrics or sung back to you? Oh, I can't say I remember the first time or like the first maybe message or that someone sent online, but I'm actually thinking of a more recent thing that happened. So actually looking at one of these, these posters here um, from a gig that we did in, um, in, in Os- Oslo in Norway, uh, we were on our way to do a different one, but we were in this, uh, it was like a, a bar gig to kind of fill some, fill the schedule before the bigger festival show. And we uh, were playing in some, some bar, a bar called Gloria Flames. I think it has since unfortunately gone out of business, but there was like maybe 30, 40, 50 people there. Um, and most of them didn't give two shits about what we were doing. I mean, people were watching or whatever, but, but there was this one like brown kid <laughs> who was jumping and dancing and I was watching him. We all probably were. And he was like singing every single word. And after the show, naturally, we like went up to talk to him and it turned out he was, he was from Finland, Pakistani kid uh, from Finland who changed his flight just to, when he found out that we were playing, just to like make sure that he saw us. And I mean, there's countless experiences like that, you know, and again, we're not some mainstream band, but we have definitely, um, I'm very proud of uh, having connected with people in a certain way or, you know, knowing that, um, some something that I have been a part of has in some small or, or like large way definitely left an impact on, on someone's life. So that's, I mean, that's like definitely indescribable feeling. It's also, yeah, it's, I mean, what's cooler than that, but also it's a weird thing where like you, you can't let that kind of define you also, because as I'm sure we'll talk about, like the mental health stuff can for someone that already has like, issues with depression and anxiety and stuff to then, you know, not to have that kind of fuel other stuff uh, before you know it, you can kind of go down a whole other rabbit hole with that stuff. So that if you try to do something else feeling like, ah, maybe like anything else I do, like won't be as cool or meaningful or like, so that's kind of the stuff that I, I think still struggle with every day, but, but no, I mean, those, those stories are that there's lots of them and, and I'm definitely like honored and anytime somebody like tells me that, it's just super cool. You mentioned your, your mental health. Uh, you've suffered for a long time with depression, anxiety. Yeah I, yeah, I think, I mean, it's it's weird. Like, I don't know. It's in some ways, it's just like I am a, I think I'm just a, a lot of people are sensitive. You know, I definitely, yes, according to the, DSM, whatever in psychology. Yeah, there was, there are, and have been times in my life where I've been like clinically depressed, you know, like I've been on medication I've struggled with stuff, but I feel like at this point, all of those things have made me who I am, you know, like I think that definitely you, you find this a lot in, you know, amongst creative people, not just creative people. I mean, people in general, but specifically, I think people that have some kind of like creative, whatever, um, drive, uh, do have these, yeah, these struggle, you know, a very common thing is like a struggle of what self-worth, you know, and, and, and investing 
your output into your self-worth and not necessarily starting from a base level of like a strong, I think, um, self-awareness and, and sort of, a identity, you know, um, confidence, that kind of thing. So that's also been, you know, a big part of my story for sure. We talk a lot, a lot about in, the, in our community, in the Pakistani Muslim community, it's not talked about mental health and addiction and all that. It's interesting that you say that. So I think it's different. It's changing. So literally just two days ago, the, my former, uh, the, the, the theater troupe that I used to act with and probable players, um, I was able to connect them with the, the masjid and they actually just did a virtual, they did two, I think, virtual performances on Sunday. Amazing. And I actually, and it was so cool. And I got to send sort of my own little video message to go along with it. Um, because they, uh, and it was back when I was with them, I was also uh, working, um, helping, uh, their development department. And it was some, it was an idea that I had had a, a few years back that I, I think it would be, cause we would do these shows in high schools, you know, sometimes in, in churches for youth groups, for all sorts of different environments. But I was like, wouldn't, wouldn't these, wouldn't it be powerful to do this show like in at the Wayland Masjid, you know, like, um, so around that time I had actually connected with my, my dad and he thought it was a great idea and he had brought it to the board, but for one reason or, or for one reason or another, it just didn't, um, work out. So finally it was cool to, you know, that that actually happened. And, you know, I, and I think that I've definitely met, uh, lots of, uh, you know, lots of people, uh, in our community that have sort of gone into, you know, mental health type work. Um, there's, you know, there's, there's a good amount of, uh, organizations, I think across the U S that do focus on whether it's Muslim mental health or South. I mean, I'm not saying it's like a, it's, it's, it's now becoming a thing that is like, okay to talk about. Cause it's, it's such a stigmatized thing. Anyway, you take the community element out of it. I think it's still, it's still not, I mean, I think it's a little bit easier now than it was probably, let's say, I don't know, 20, 30 years ago. Um, so Maybe we're playing catch up in a sense there, but how has your experience with everything that happened informed you as a songwriter and as a musician now? So interest. So I, I wouldn't No, that's true. Let me take that back. It's funny. <laughs> I was about to say something that I say often, which is a way that I put myself down where I say, because I say that because I don't write lyrics that I'm not a songwriter. I often say, things like I'm just a guitar player. Um, and I've learned through a lot of therapy actually is that these are ways that I put myself down. So I need to not do that. And I'm not going to let myself do that this time. Great. So, um, I think that, um, when you pursue something as fucking crazy as this band or any, anything like that, you, there is a certain level of like, just like blind faith that you have that, you know, no matter how dark things get, there's like a higher purpose in that sense. A lot of my like lowest points were then the inspiration for like a burst of creativity, like just a specifically, it was a dark time, the beginning of the year for a lot of people. And I was struggling with a lot of, okay, well, if we're not, you know, the last couple of years with the band haven't been super active because, you know, we're all doing different things. I'm doing a lot of acting stuff. But musically, I've just, it's music has always just been a part of me to the point where if I, I don't play, I feel guilty about it. I'm also trying to do less of that, you know, and there's no, like, you don't have to just do things a certain way. But like, for me, like months were going by, I wasn't playing music. And I just was like, oh my God, like, like I have very catastrophic 
thick levels of thinking, like regardless of all the things that you listed at the beginning of the interview, I'm still working on actually like believing that shit myself. So, so, um, that, so any, the beginning of COVID, so, I mean, going from being super down in the dumps and stuff to then like, you know what, this like riff that's been going around, um, this guitar riff that's been going around in my head for like a year now, I think I'm going to just like record it and maybe we'll do something with it. And that's kind of what spurred that burst of like a couple of months. I'm trying to get a little bit, but part of me feels like there is no balance as a creative person that you have to just feel the ups and the downs. Um, it's also not super healthy. So like uh, I've had to, you know, come up with a lot of, I've had to learn a lot of other like healthy coping mechanisms like meditation and eating well and all that stuff. But, but yeah, I think that the, I think that some of the best times in my life, maybe if we're specifically talking about the musical stuff have followed some really dark times, you know, like I definitely got, I left the band for four years. Um, didn't think I would go back to it and then came back, you know, after getting healthy and, and then we ended up, you know, going strong for another four or five years and doing a lot of touring and stuff. So. And so, you know, how, how important is it for you to have that ability, that output and, and whether that's through acting or through creating music? The, the thing for me, I think is uh, performance. That is really important. And when I'm not involved in something that involves some kind of performance, like it's tough. Like I really, you know, I haven't played music live since it's been, I think a year now, like literally live in front of, I think our last gig was last October, even if it's just 10 people that are there, like, so that's been really hard this last year. And the times when I'm not performing are very, are, are still tough. I'm trying to figure out a way to, you know, maybe make it less of a bummer. <laughs> but I think we all, all of, you know, all my musician friends that I've talked to are kind of going through the same thing right now. Um, but, uh, but yeah, there's something about the performance, you know, where you can just be, and I also am a very physical with, with music, very I, notorious for jumping a lot and like sweating and all this stuff. And, um, yeah, that picture on Wikipedia is, oh God, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's hard when that's like not going on and it's also nothing really feels as good. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like, Yeah. Yeah, there's something very magical about um, playing live, about being on a journey, even if you're fucking not talking to each other, like just driving. You know, I was joking with you. I recently took a, a side hustle driving and delivering packages with Amazon just because I'm like bored of my job and stuff. And, uh, and, and driving like a van just reminds me of that so much. And, um, but yeah. What, what's next for the Caminas? I have no idea. We were literally supposed to, we're recording this around Thanksgiving of uh, 2020 uh, this week, I guess. Uh, we, this, we were supposed to get, the plan actually was this week, we were all going to get together for the first time in a long time um, because we figured that it would be safe to do so um, and just hang out, even maybe not even play, but just hang out with each other. But unfortunately, you know, two guys that are in New York don't really feel that great about leaving. Um so I don't know. I, we, I always joke at least that I think we're done, but like, you know, all of us are still friends. I'm sure, I'm sure that there's, there are songs that haven't come out yet 
because we can't agree on the mixes. <laughs> so there's like, you know, th- yeah, there's music to be made. Um, I, I'm sure we're going to, you know, play more shows and, and, um, put out some, something. I think we've been on a bit of a extended kind of a hiatus because 2017 was an extremely busy year for us. So, um, I think we'll, and everybody's been pursuing their own kind of side projects and other projects, which is very, very good and healthy to do. But I I think we'll come back to it when we're all like ready. You're listening to my conversation with Shah Jahan Khan of the Kaminas. We'll have more after a quick break. This is American Muslim Project. Welcome back to American Muslim Project. My guest today is Shah Jahan Khan. In addition to being a founding member and guitarist for the Kaminas, Shah Jahan is also an actor. This summer, he voiced the principal love interest Mateo on season one of the top-rated podcast Romcom Pods. He talked about what it was like to record the podcast during the pandemic. Just to set it up a bit, like there's this um, website called Backstage.com where a lot of you know there's thousands of auditions or thousands of people auditioning. So your your likelihood of getting booked on one of these things is small to none. Um, and they, I just saw this thing, you know, record from home pod, podcast or whatever. It was yeah, like month one or two of the, the pandemic. And I just was like, yeah, whatever, I'll, I'll try this. Um, I've been doing voiceover pretty seriously for a little while. It is a story about the main character, Claire. She's um, she was supposed to get married and her uh, she finds out like before the wedding that her her husband's like, you know, not that into it type deal. And so she ends up going on what was supposed to be their honeymoon to Italy of all places where she meets me, the uh, Matteo, sorry, the the dashing also American you know, transplant or whatever to, to Italy. Um, so it was fun. It was like, you know, six episodes. I did it in my closet, you know, uh, the other actor, Amy, she was in Chicago. She did it in her closet. We were just catching up the other day and the, the producers, one was in New York, one was in LA. So, so yeah, it was just a fun way to just forget about all the crazy shit that was happening outside. I mean, while, while we were, you know, recording it and as it was being released, like all the stuff, that was going on this year politically. And um, yeah, it was definitely like a welcome, I think, break from stuff for sure. What is it about the storyline of Americans going to Europe to find themselves? I mean, it's a little, it's funny because they get to be expatriates where other people are immigrants. So I'm sorry, but my, my activist is going to come out here, (laughs) but I'm just, you know, like we, when we travel, we get to be like expatriates. Other people come here, they're immigrants. I mean, what was the, 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 the having the whole like eat, pray, love thing is whatever, but you know, it's, and it's, it's hard as a South Asian person to, you know, the reverse of that, you can't really like, you can't like someone from, you know, someone from India or someone from Pakistan, like they couldn't just like, I guess they could backpack around the U S but I don't think it would be the same. I don't think they would, they would be, you know, greeted with the same kind of like, um, love and wonderment or, Oh my God, you're an American. And you're like, you know, when I moved to Pakistan for a year, uh, even being a Pakistani, like learning the amount of privilege and stuff that I had being a guy, um, being able to just by virtue of the fact that I speak English, get any job I wanted sight unseen, I don't, I don't know, man. I mean, in a way, dude, I, I guess I went to go find myself in Pakistan 
right? Um, and I mean, I think I unfortunately came back at the time more confused than when I left. But in retrospect, um, I was able to 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 like to 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 cement an identity as a, a Pakistani American that was independent of my family which is something I didn't even realize that I was looking for. And it's only 10 years later that I've been in now having gone back a few times uh, to have been able to do that. You know, I didn't do like your, I guess, you know, some people go to college, they study abroad, they, they backpack through Europe. I dropped out of college three times. I somehow, we had somehow ended up in Europe on a couple of tours uh, where, you know, we would get paid some money to do like a big festival, but then still have to like make it last for a month and somehow magically get ourselves. So I guess we, yeah, we did our own version of backpacking, but it was like touring. So um, that's kind of, I, I think it was a cooler way to do it. It definitely had its like um, ups and downs and stuff, but, uh, but yeah, what a way to travel. And one more question about the podcast. Uh, you were playing an Italian, 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 yeah. an Italian yeah. American um, tour guide. Yeah, tour guide. And uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I just found it interesting that it was uh, now a brown guy playing a white guy. Usually, it's the other yeah. way around, right? <laughs> or a, a, a sort of, you know, a sort of possibly browner white guy. It's funny. I actually had to ask um, our our second floor neighbor. Uh, he's uh, one of the two of them. He's um, he's Italian by descent he's a pilot and so i asked him for help with pro- uh, pronouncing some of the italian and stuff in there you were so great he, yeah he helped me he helped me uh double check all the pronunciation but it was fun it was like for me that experience was like oh wow i could like do something like that so that was another exercise in like trying to expand you know what is like art and, and performance and stuff mean to me and like and it and just it's opened up you know a lot of different possibilities for me as like a performer for sure so I want to end the show with uh, a couple questions about any recommendations that you have for music, TV shows. What have you been watching lately that that people should be? Oh, man. I just three days ago, I, I want to get the name of this right. I just discovered this. Um, it's a, a hand painted animation short film from Pakistan, from, I believe, Karachi. It's called Swipe. An animated short film, 2020, the, the, the production company that made it, I believe they're called Puffball. Um, it's, I don't want to say too much, but it is, uh, it's, it's a really heavy animation, a very heavy little uh, snippet uh, short. Uh, it's about this fake app called iFatwa, where yeah. it's just challenging the idea of like fatwas. Sure. So that's an incredible show uh, series. There's also another, uh, speaking of stuff from Pakistan, there's a series called Jurels. Um, There's amazing content coming out of Pakistan. There has been for quite some time, um, but music, film, all sorts of stuff. It's a series called Jurels where um, a group of women form this uh, sort of false uh, uh, front company uh, to expose the elite men in Karachi who are cheating on their wives and they get and they enact revenge on them and it's fucking badass it's a movie or a series it's a series it's no, a series it. yeah it's a, you have to watch it on this network called um z5 um 
That's one. I, I loved Rami. Have you seen that show, Rami? I ha- I've seen a couple episodes. I haven't. Yeah. I've been, I've been so, waiting to, to binge it. <laughs> dude, see, so the first two episodes in season one, I hated. And I was like, this is garbage. But everybody's obsessed with it. Um, I have to keep going. And, and I could not have been more wrong. Like I was hooked and season two also was incredible. Um, some friends of mine have been involved with that show in different ways. What it does is, um, especially when I guess we're looking at things in an American Muslim context, it, it doesn't like sugarcoat anything. And it's, it's a real, I think, representation of how far these narratives are advancing now. Whereas we don't have to just settle for the representation stuff anymore. We can actually get, and I, I even saying we, it's not even my story. You know, it's, it's an Egyptian American Muslim story. It's mm-hmm. not a Pakistani American Muslim story. Uh, it's not a South, you know, there are things that I can relate to in it, but uh, it's, you know, the, the, the immigrant uh, struggle and that kind of thing, we can all probably relate to different pieces of that. Uh, but, you know, there's like, he has an episode just about his mom. You know, he has an episode just about his sister and and then just the typical stuff that you know, as an American Muslim thing that you and I can relate to. Um, so I think that he's really complicated the narrative in such an incredible way. Um, so that's definitely something I'd recommend. I'd recommend the show Insecure, one of my favorites. Um, HBO, it's, HBO, yeah. It's just like L.A. Um, it's like the richness of being black in America without. It's just without just it's just like people just are and they just are and they exist i have so many shows i could talk about that i've watched during <laughs> I love quarantine. It. No, this is great <laughs> man man like mobine uh is a uk show uh which is about the um kind of i guess pakistani or south asian muslim diaspora of birmingham working class uh i think which is also very you know it's a very important difference from uh from sure. like what you know whatever we tend to, as the um, middle upper middle class South Asians, sort of, I think, assume that you know when we say, "Oh, this Daisy, this or that," we we tend to like assume that we that we are the representations of that, that we control what that story is, and it couldn't be further from the truth. Um, yeah, we, we are quite a diverse community. Yeah, within man. Islam, and then also within our own little subsections. Of- For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, movies that I'm excited about are like um, Riz Ahmed's new movie. That's co- well, both of them that are out. That I don't know how I'm going to be able to watch because, yeah, well, I guess Amazon Prime um, is going to have um, uh, Sound of Metal. Okay. I'm really excited about that one, and also his other one, Mogul Mowgli. I want to see that. Um, he's, I mean, you know, we've known each other for a long time, but he, uh, he, he's probably my inspiration as an from an acting standpoint. You know what I mean? Uh, did you ever read the book Moth Smoke? Oh, Most yeah, of yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, one of my so favorites. I think about so that he, all the time. Yeah, so I reread it last year because it's such a good book. Um, I wasn't too crazy about The Reluctant Fundamentalist, but his next one, um, I forget the title is like how to... How, how to make it in yeah. Lahore or something? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> it's, it's how to how to something something... We can look this yeah, up. Yeah, sure. That's, yeah. that's next on my list. I was okay. just talking to a buddy of mine. Yeah, I've enjoyed um, all of his books, and I yeah, yeah. we could talk for hours. I'm yeah. I'm fascinated by by your life. Um, who should we be following in this in this day and age with what's going on in the world with COVID with Black Lives Matter? 
who who is a is someone that you think that we should be following? I got some I got some podcast recommendations. Let's see, we have Today Explained, Vox Media. I listen to that one. The Daily, obviously, those are the two For big sure. ones. Then maybe more stuff that not everybody listens to. I was a big fan of uh, Deconstructed with Mehdi Hassan, yeah. uh, although he's since left the show. No, on I NBC. believe, yeah, uh, on the Peacock Network thing. Oh yeah, there's this great show called Yo Is This Racist. It's fantastic. Basically, it start, was started by this guy, Andrew T, and now it's uh, co- sort of co-hosted by Andrew T and Tawny Newsom. She's a great actor. Um, and their producer, also Matt uh, Matt Apodaca, I think is his name. And you know th- they talk about current current events and stuff. And um, But the so second half and the crux of the show is they listen to voicemails that people have sent them about, you know, and usually it's more often than not, it's like, People who are like, hey, like, is you should just listen to it. It's like people <laughs> yeah, that have racism related questions and it's a lot of humor. It's a lot of like, it's it's a place where folks can kind of go that, you know, when you just don't have it in words or you don't have the, the wherewithal to like tell yet another white person why what they're saying is problematic. Just fucking listen to this show. Yeah. It's a great, great way to let off steam. Um Another uh, great politically reactive with Kamau Bell and Hari Kondabolu. Hari Kondabolu is probably my favorite stand-up comedian, one of my favorites of all time. Um, Immigrantly is this show, uh, this lady, uh, Sadia Khan. Um, she's, um, so I think she's a transplant from Pakistan. She's been living in the U.S. for a while. She started this podcast uh, a little while ago, and it's, it's one that I tune in from time to time. She just has interesting guests on and stuff. Oh, and then I guess I'll give a shout out to my buddy Ahmed. Uh, he has a podcast called See Something, Say Something. Their podcast. Yeah, and we did the theme song and all that. And yeah. so it's, it, you know, there's a close link with Kaminas and yeah. stuff there. Um, so, yeah, man, those are some I, of the I ones mean, that have been. This has been, <laughs> this has been great and, and super informative. Um, I hope. Thank so. you for joining us today. And I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I hope it, you, it, you it's come so cool. on. I'm, I'm really happy for you too, man, that you're like doing doing this stuff awesome man thanks so much of course have a great night bro my interview with shajan khan was recorded in november 2020 you can learn more about his band the kaminas at kaminas.bandcamp.com and the first season of rom-com pod is available wherever you get your podcasts american muslim project is a production of refelion media the show today was produced researched and edited by Lindsay gamble marconato and me asad butt simon hutchinson wrote our theme music You can find out more at AmericanMuslimProject.com. Music